Hey, 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 you guys. We're so grateful to have Ms. Melrose with us. And she is a pop singer-songwriter from Nashville. Um, she's already released three songs, Validation, Home, and Nightlight. And she is currently working on releasing on October the 8th her new song, S.O.S. And I've had a really great opportunity to kind of talk with her even before this interview. And she's a great individual with a great passion. And I'm so grateful to have you, Melrose, here with us. Um, on Black Canvas. Hi, well, thank you so much for inviting me. This is really cool. Um, you're actually, I did a podcast one time before, but the person that I interviewed with was actually based out of India. So this is actually like the first time I've ever done a podcast in the States. So this is fantastic. I'm actually really excited. So thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm so glad to have you. And one thing I love about her music is that you can hear her intent and her soul and when she sings. And this is something I hope you guys, if y'all have an opportunity to look her up at the end of this podcast, you'll truly understand why I'm such a fan. And I know she's going to be amazing and it's going to have an illustrious oh, career. So we're so grateful to have you, Mel Rose. Aw, thank you. I'm so excited. Absolutely. So let's kind of go to our first question. So one of the ones I love to ask is, who inspired you to make music? Is there a specific person that inspired you? Well, that's actually a, a really interesting story. So I, I grew up in a house with three older sisters and I was the youngest by a long shot. Um, I think I was, I was born 17 years after my oldest sister. So like the next oldest up from me, she's about six, seven years older than me. And she was really into MTV music videos. So when I was a little kid, um, I was mm -hmm. born in 91. So when I was like four, that big song was by Joan Osborne, which was one of us. And I never forget when I was a little kid, she used to watch that music video on MTV. And as soon as I saw that video, I don't know what clicked, but I was a little kid and I was like, that's awesome. And I remember in the music video, she has a, a nose ring. So I remember looking to my mom and being like, I was like four and I was like, <laughs> I want a nose ring just like that. And my mom was like, okay, honey, maybe not. <laughs> um, but that, I don't know, like just from a really young age watching music videos, it just made me realize that when an artist was was uh, performing, people were listening to them. And I, I really took a lot from music at a really young age. I just thought that artists were the absolute most influential and interesting people. So I would say as a little kid, you know, having a sister that was really into MTV and music videos, that was really kind of the spark. Um, and another song I remember being on all the time was Ironic by Alanis Morissette. And that music video, I think that came out, mm -hmm. I think that song came out in like 97 or something. But I remember we used to watch that music video all the time too. And something about that as a child, it just really stuck with me. And I always loved the radio. Uh, when I was a kid, like my parents, they didn't have to entertain me or anything. They just put the radio on in the car. And I just like, that's all I wanted to listen to. It's all I needed. So I guess, I guess just music in general as a kid always caught my attention. I always felt like artists were the most interesting people. And I love that. I was an 80s baby. So MTV is definitely something that I watched a lot growing up. But just like you said, Atlantis, Atlantis more said, I'm sorry. And just so many other great bands like Green Day and just U2 and just there were so many different types of eclectic music, even Michael Jackson and just stuff that you saw on MTV. It definitely influenced a lot of people. And so is there a favorite album or a an album that you listen to that kind of really influenced your, you growing up? Is there a specific artist or album? 
So I actually, I have a few different people that influenced me. I would say that I've evolved a lot from when I was like a kid in middle school to, to like a, an artist in my 20s. There's definitely been like different influences influenced me at different times. When I was like 12, the big thing was Evanescence. And I, there, there's mm-hmm. a, their first really big record. I believe it's called Fallen. Um, you know, when I was in middle school, I, I was always a singer, but I was like a choral singer. So I did, you know, per, like classical music, basically. And so I had, I always loved pop music. Like it was always something I loved, but I didn't have that voice. And as a kid, I was, I kind of just assumed, okay, well, I don't sing like that. So I guess I can never really do that. But then along comes Amy Lee, who is like a goddess, you know, <laughs> she's just the coolest. She is. I mean, like I mean. <laughs> that insane register with those insane vocals and, and like such an incredible, just this like gothic, beautiful artist. She just comes out and, and she just kind of like mm-hmm. changed. I feel like she changed everything, to be honest with you. I don't even remember that style of music being in the mainstream until she shows up. But, you know, Fallen, I used to listen to that record, I mean, mm-hmm. on repeat, every morning on the bus, you know, every time I was in the car with my mom, when I come home from school, I would do my homework, I would put on Fallen, and I probably just wore that record out, to be honest with you. I still have it, but it'll skip when I put it in the uh, the radio, like I put it in my car, it's got a few, like, scratches on it, so now it'll skip every now and then, but I don't mm-hmm. care, I'll just like, you know what, I'm gonna wait for it to stop skipping, I'm gonna keep on listening, so... That was a big one. And then another, another <laughs> part of me is really into Celtic music. So, you know, I used to love like Celtic woman and like things like that. But I had a, a vocal instructor when I was in the eighth grade. I started taking voice lessons and he was from a tradition of like classical music. So he didn't really like the Celtic stuff mm-hmm. the way I did he he would like I would be like oh I want to sing like Celtic woman and he was like no please don't he was like they have such breathy voices you're gonna hurt your chords if you try to imitate that so he was like here if you like Celtic music here's what I want you to listen to and he gave me this record by Lorena McKinnon and the uh the record that he gave me I believe it was called The Mask and Mirror and it was just this like gorgeous um like sounds like a fairy tale. Like she sounds like she's out of a fairy tale. She's got this beautiful, like, uh, like vibrato in her voice. And so he was, he was just like, you know, if you like Celtic music, this is what I want you to think about when you sing. And so like Arena McKenna, has been a huge influence on me. Um, love her music. And then the last person that I really took a lot from was Dolores O'Rourdon, who is the lead singer for the Cranberries. It's just, I think it's also part of that Irish Celtic vibe that I love so much because, you know, she's an Irish singer. Um, just something about that beautiful, haunting, mm-hmm. like just this magical voice. I always thought that she was just the most incredible singer. And I love the way she uses her voice. She does a lot of like vocal flips and um, I, I think people call it yodeling, but it's not like yodeling in the same way that we, you know, classically think of it. Um, but she does like this beautiful weird thing with her voice that I think is just so unique. So mm-hmm. I would say like Amy Lee, Dolores O'Rourdon, Lorena McKennett, like those three women is like the, the trifecta of influence, I think on me. 
I love that. And the Celtic women, I used to watch that yes. on PBS. They used to actually show. Yeah, I actually have a DVD. Um, <laughs> you did? You have a DVD? <laughs> a, a, a sidebar, I actually do. After um, Hurricane Katrina, because um, I was um, a survivor of Hurricane Katrina. And so we used to watch that. And that was something that kind of helped me get through a lot of um, what I was going through at that time. So, yeah, I remember that it was four young ladies that were standing up there singing. And it was just a great thing. I, I love it, like Josh Groban. And I love all types of music. So for me, it was really inspiring to listen to them. But I may have to mail you that so you can keep <laughs> this DVD if you were like it. No, and I... And I, I think I, what I love most is like, like you're, I think it sounds like they were kind of like a healing influence mm-hmm. on you. And I think that that has always been something that I wanted my music to be is, is something that can heal mm-hmm. and something that can um, make a person feel less alone and like more understood. And I, I think that there's just something really magical about if you can go through something and you turn on a song, all of a sudden that song just kind of like makes you feel as if everything's going to be okay and I, I I like that you I I can t- I I totally understand what you mean because those the Celtic woman their music is just just so um angelic and like just so soft and and just lovely so I, I'm a big fan of all that stuff too and I love that like it's it, it kind of takes you to another place like another otherworldly place when you listen to that type of music and I, I think like for me going through challenges i'm like what can i do to just escape in this moment and their music definitely helped to kind of put me in a different hit space um so that kind of goes into creative writing so can you kind of give us some maybe songs that you've written that have and what went into that creative process for you in songwriting so back when i was really young probably probably around 10 or 11 and my i grew up with a piano in my house and basically even as a young kid I would always poke away at the piano because I always loved the way it sounded but when I was 11 my mom was finally like you know would you like to take piano lessons and I was like over the moon yes please would love that and when I so when I started making music the first thing I ever made was piano pieces I would write like you know, minute and a half long, I would call them like piano themes. And I would write themes for everything. But like, this is a theme for my friend, or this is a theme for when you're going through a breakup, or this is a theme. And I would just write themes. And I think that that shapes my melodies quite a bit. Because for me, the songwriting always starts with a melody. And I think that comp- that's left over from all of my time doing piano melodies and themes. And then from there, when I have a melody, I usually ask myself, what am I trying to say? Because the best songs always have some kind of, in my opinion, the best songs always have some kind of meaning or some kind of, you're trying to, uh, you know, explain something or tell a story. So I'll usually say, okay, here's my melody. What am I trying to say? And I'll be very blunt about it at first. Like it won't be, it won't be like this magical thing. It'll just be like, I'm trying to talk about a breakup or I'm trying to talk about how to put your life back together or I'm trying to encourage people to chase their dreams. And then from there, you just, you just say what you're going to say over this melody and it, and like, you'll just kind of refine it, I would say. And so if I get, yeah, cause, cause most songwriters out there, they'll absolutely tell you that oh, I love that. it is not always easy to just create something out of nothing. So when you're creating something out of nothing, you have to start somewhere. And sometimes the place you start is not the place mm-hmm. you finish, 
right? Because like you may start off a song saying, I want to write a song that people can dance to. And then you end up mm -hmm. with this like song that's the complete opposite of that. And you're like, wow, I, I didn't mean to get here, but I love it. And so, you know, I usually, I try to just start mm -hmm. with something, refine it, put it on a melody that's hooky or catchy. And then after a while, sometimes you get stuck on rhymes. So what I'll try to do is I'll be like, you know, like, what's a word that rhymes with love? And I'll go to like a thesaurus and I'll be like, you know, tell me like something that means love, but like it, you know, I'm looking for something that will substitute the, the word love for something else. Or if I'm looking for a rhyme, uh, there's literally like a website called words that rhyme.com literally go there, type in the word love, what comes up and um, you know, try to pick the word that seems like it'll fit best. And it's actually mm -hmm. something that really helps you with not writing the same song over and over as well. Cause a lot of times you get so used to certain rhymes. So it's really helpful to go to like a website or something because then mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, I never even thought about that word. And you can just plug that in. Um, and a lot of times if you know where you're like, if I'm writing a specific lyric, if I know where I want the lyric to go. So like, I know the word I want to get to helps me fill in the blanks for like how to get there. Um, so like that, I would say that's mostly my process is like, start with right. the melody. What am I trying to say? Say something super blunt, refine it over time. Go to like, a, you know, thesaurus.com, go to words rhyme.com, pick some cool rhymes, some cool words, plug it in, and then just kind of sing it over and over until it feels right. I love that. And you know, the best part that what you mentioned with that is like being like a wordsmith myself. I love to look up words and then also like double entendres. Like sometimes you can use a word in so many different ways and be able to find a meeting. So I love that you say that. That's amazing. Uh, what about since COVID-19? How has your music shifted since COVID-19? I think I'm actually one of the few people, um, you know, I, I got really affected by COVID in part because like the job that I do, it went remote. So it's, mm -hmm. and then instead of going back, my job decided it was going to be permanently remote after the pandemic went on for about four months. My job was like, okay, we're going to terminate the lease on the building. Now everybody is remote forever. And it was really scary at first, just because I wasn't like, at, all of a sudden, like, I wasn't going to have that sense of community anymore. I wasn't going to be going to a, to a place that I always went to every day, you know, again. So it was kind of a comfort level that switches and things like that. But it was also kind of helpful because I saved a lot of time with not having to drive to work and drive back and a lot of money on gas and kind of opened my day. So honestly, like the pandemic kind of motivated me to spend more time promoting my music, more time, you know, there's so many things that go into being an artist. You get like things like getting your, your covers designed, things like getting to a point where you're posting social media consistently, things like getting your songs copyrighted, um, you know, registering with like a pro like ASCAP or BMI or CSAC. Um, you know, kind of like aligning yourself with other artists who do what you do so that you could have this like sense of community and, and being held responsible because, you know, like your fellow artists, a lot of times you'll see somebody do something and you're like, wow, that works so well. Like I've learned something. I want to try that now. So for me, the pandemic kind of opened up my day since I didn't have to do the, you know, the round trip traveling to the office anymore. Um, and it kind of gave me a, a really 
large block of time to, to focus on being an artist and, and how I wanted to promote myself and how I wanted to basically change from just wanting to be an artist to like, okay, I'm actually doing it now. So for me, I felt like the, the pandemic, it, it was really devastating mm-hmm. to not have to, to not have like that connection to my coworkers anymore. Since I, I work with people who are, I have like such wonderful relationships. I absolutely love everybody I work with. Um, but it kind of did open up other possibilities. And so for that, I am, you know, trying to be grateful for that, for that extra time. Obviously the pandemic has been devastating in so many ways, but I do feel like for me, it did open up some, some opportunities. Okay, can you tell me, that's a really great thing. I love that you shared that. Um, what about your younger self? If you can give your younger self any advice, what would you give your younger self if you could? I actually really love that question because I ask myself that all the time. And I think if I could really have a chance to talk to, let's say like 16 to like 21 year old me, I would say stop being afraid of failing and just go enjoy your life. Because I spent so much time as a, as a young person agonizing over, am I going to be successful or, or am I going to be a failure? And I think it's really hard to transition from being in school to being in the real world because it seems like when you're in school, everything is just laid out for you. It's like, hey, get through 10th grade. What comes next? 11th grade. Get through 11th grade. Hey, what comes next? 12th grade. Get through 12th grade. What comes next? community college or going to university and like you step out of that that structure and all of a sudden it's like oh now nothing is Mm -hmm. planned and everything is just up to me to figure out and that caused me so much anxiety because being an artist being a musician that is not a straight path like there's no there's no class you know you don't go to class like all right now I want to be a rock star you know it doesn't exist um and so it was really hard for me to, to not, like, I just agonized over it. I was just like, oh my gosh, I looked around me and I was like, gosh, like this person's already got, a, you know, their real estate license and this person's already got their career in sales and, you know, looking around and seeing other people have careers and people get married and people have what I would say is like, you know, stability in their lives. And then me just being like, gosh, like I'm such a failure. I don't have that. And why don't I have that? Is there something wrong with me? And like coming to terms with, hey, you're not failing just because you're not doing the same thing everyone else is doing and coming to terms with the idea that the most beautiful thing about being alive is being happy. That's like the number one goal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, would it be nice to have Mm -hmm. some kind of success in this area? It it would. But if if you're having success, but you're not happy, I would rather just be happy. So I would say to my younger self, relax, enjoy your life. Stop telling yourself you're failing. Don't compare yourself to other people. You know, stop trying to meet the timeline and just go out and live every day as if you're having a good time and and try to focus on what really matters, which is being happy. I love that. That that Mel Rose, I promise you, is one of the biggest pieces of advice I had to learn myself um, with, with things that happen outside of my control. And I switched careers, you know, within a certain period of time. And it was like, I'm at this age and I haven't accomplished what I thought I should. 
And I started to, to actually believe, you know, go with my trust and faith and saying, you know what, maybe that wasn't the right thing for me in that moment. And it's okay for me not to have the answer. But when you really are happy and you're whole, you can make the right decisions for you. And I think you're, you're on the mark with that. I think a lot of younger, I hope for our younger audience to hear this, is to never give up on, on your dreams, but also to be persistent and loving yourself before you can love or like any career. You have to be in the right mindset in order to be able to be open to those changes when they happen. And there's like, there's a phrase I really love. I think it's, it actually, it may have just come from, um, you know, like a Facebook meme, but it was really powerful when I saw it. And it was like, you're scared to start school at 30 because in three years you'll be 33, but whether or not you start now or later, you're still going to be 33. So like, Mm -hmm. why don't you do what you love and stop worrying about what it looks like. Stop worrying about how, how old you're going to be or how, you know, strange it's going to be going back to school at 30 or, or something like that. Really, really stop to think about what's important. Is, is it more important to suffer for appearances? Cause you know, I think that's a lot of thing. A lot of people feel embarrassed about, Oh, I w- I should have figured this out by now, you know, like, Oh, I'm 35. I should know this by now. And it's like, Hey, whether or not you should have, or you, or you, or you shouldn't have, you're still 35. And like, guess what? There's a whole lot of life left. Go be happy. Hey, if it takes you a couple years or four years to be ha- to get someplace where you're happy for the rest of your time on, on, you know, it, go do it. Why not? Who are you letting down? Your only person you're letting down is yourself. You're right. I mean, Melrose, I'm you're speaking to so many people, especially during this time. This has been probably one of the hardest times um, for a lot of individuals within the last two years of where do I see myself? You know, if I even make it in six years, how am I going to feel? And I think that's, that's a hard thing of, you know, if someone feels like they've lost so much time and energy into other things and they feel like they don't know what to do next, I think you've given them a lot of hope. Um, and that's why I love you as a musician because your music is evolving. And I really want us to kind of talk, if you don't mind, about SOS and how it's been a departure from some of your other music. So, so SOS is going to come out on October 8th mm-hmm. and um, I've, I've released three other songs and I would say the other three songs were like classic pop songs. They have like the loops and the pedals and they have vocal layering and they have synths and like they're kind of crafted more as I would say like kind of like top 40 type pop. But this song is kind mm-hmm. of, I would say like kind of going back to my roots where, you know, when I start off on a song, the first place I always start off is a piano and a vocal. And this song is really meaningful and really important to me because it's basically the, the, the chorus is, I'm struggling inside my mind. I look so calm on the outside, but underneath I'm scared to death, running out of time, running out of breath, SOS. And to me, this song is about like, having anxiety, you know, being, being afraid of what's going to come next, but it's also really about like SOS. Like I, I need help. I'm not okay. And being honest about that has been really, it really does release you from so much of the embarrassment. I think there's a lot of embarrassment that comes with feeling like you're anxious or you're overwhelmed because obviously when you compare your life to other people, you just assume everybody else is happy right? Like you're looking at somebody else's social media and you just assume that they're in a great place and that they're happy Mm -hmm. and that everything they're doing is fulfilling them. But if, if you're 
really being honest with yourself about how you feel about your life, that can be really hard to accept. Like, I'm not okay. And I'm embarrassed about the fact that I'm so unhappy. And I think SOS is basically about saying, I need help. Can somebody please be there for me? I want to just be honest with you. I'm tired of covering up. And so I wrote that song. I remember very clearly, I wrote that song when mm-hmm. I was I was just starting out at a, at a brand new job. And it was a big transition because I was getting out of food service. All I had done from 22 to 25 was work as a server downtown in Nashville. And I was starting to get this brand new job. It was an hourly position, which is like a totally different thing than when you're being a server. Because obviously when you're a server, you go home every day with money. But when you're transitioning, all of a sudden you got to do like the two weeks thing where you're, you're getting paid every two weeks. And I was so overwhelmed by money and I was so overwhelmed by the, like mm-hmm. the shame of like, oh, I'm not a full-time musician, so I must not be good enough. And I must not be talented enough. And like, I was so, I was struggling so much to, to tell myself, is it even worth it to keep going? Because look at me, like I have to work these jobs and like, I'm so unhappy. And, and, um, you know, I would look around me and I would see other people. And it just kind of occurred to me one day that like, I was so tired of having to pretend that everything was great. And I was like, I just want to be super honest about it. I just want to write a song where I can put all my sadness, all my anxiety and I just want to write a song for anybody who also is, is like debating themselves over, you know, how do I, how do I be honest? I just want to be truthful and stop tearing yourself apart. Just be honest, ask your friends for help. And then once you admit how you really feel about something in general, you start to get better. Um, it's kind of a crazy, it's a crazy thing. A lot of people hide how they feel thinking it'll go away. But I think SOS is all about, let me be real with you. Let me be honest with you. And then I can heal. Then I can get better. So. Wow. I love that. I really love that. Now, can you tell us how can we find you online? Do you mind sharing? Like, how can the listeners find you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I would say that I am on all the platforms. So if you were to type in M-E-L-R-O-Z-E. So my name, Melrose, it sounds like. M-E-L-R-O-S-E, but it does have a Z in there. Um, but if you were to type in Melrose on Spotify, I'm, I'm on Spotify. If you type it in on Apple Music, I'm on Apple Music. Um, if you type it in on iTunes, I'm there as well. I'm on Amazon Music. I also have, uh, my Instagram is very active. So if you go to Melrose underscore music, you can follow me. And that's where I announce all of my um, upcoming, you know, concerts, upcoming records, all that kind of stuff. Those announcements come there first. And then I also do have a Facebook page. It's just Melrose, M-E-L-R-O-Z-E. You can find me on Facebook. Um, You can also find me on SoundCloud. Uh, And then you can always go to my website, which is melrosemusic.com. So I'm I'm pretty much everywhere. All you got to do is just, uh, you know, make sure to spell it right. That's all I would say. (laughs) Just make sure to spell it right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Melrose, we're so grateful to have you. I'm telling you, this is really one of my favorites to talk to you because you and I think we're going to be good friends outside of here as well. And we've talked before and I'm here to support you. If there's anything I can do to share your music and talk about it more, I would love to have you back after SOS is released and we can really talk more in depth about your new music endeavors. I think you are a star and I know that you're going to be successful no matter what you do because you have a genuine heart. And I think that plays a huge role in being a musician you have to have the heart and the intent has to match. 
And I think when you continue to do those things, Melrose, you're going to, you're going to soar. I really believe that. Aw. Well, I really appreciate that. And I love that your podcast, you know, seems to focus on positivity and on the idea of growing and, and not being scared to change and just being excited to try something new. So, you know, for that, I'm so grateful to be, you know, with people that are like-minded because that's something that I really believe in as well is to not, you know, don't convince yourself that you're, that you're making a mistake, convince yourself that you're making a good change and that, you know, if you have what you, if you have all the things that you need in your life to move forward, that's all, that's all, you should be proud of that. Be proud of the fact that you have a dream. Be proud of the fact that you've gone through these struggles and be proud of the fact that you're going on a better path and don't be ashamed of it. Don't be embarrassed to change anything. Just be excited to try something new. Absolutely, Melrose. Well, we thank you so much for being a part. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, Melrose. Well, I will definitely keep in contact with you and we would love to have you back soon. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. All right, you too. I'm not afraid.